0: Kohala i kamakani a paapaa. Waimea i ua ki pu'upu'u. Ano ae na hua ho'olohe, eia kako, ia aina kaolano o kohala. Mahalo kahui ho ana, no kei kai, makaleo o kaulua.
1: Aloha mai kako. In her introduction, Leilani reminds us of some of the powerful atmospheric phenomena so associated with kohala and waimea. Amazingly strong winds and chilly rains that speak to the character of the region and its people and are celebrated in Mele.
0: Velina Mai, welcome to Kaleo Okauluau. Our special guest today to represent Kohala and Waimea is Kehaulani Marshall. Drew, would you do the honors of introducing her?
1: Hikino. Kehaulani Marshall serves as executive director for the organization Ulu Maupuanui. Ulu Maupuanui is a not-for-profit organization formed for research and educational purposes to understand how Hawaiians sustained rain-fed or unirrigated intensive farming for centuries and how it may inform our current efforts to live sustainably. Kehaulani is from Waimea on Hawaii Island, and she and her husband live in this house that she grew up in. She has one Keiki Kane who graduated from college in Fort Worth, Texas, and now lives there. Keihaulani was one of the many parents who helped open Kanuoka Aina Public Charter School in Waimea. She had the privilege of teaching and learning there for 10 years, and her experience in education helped her shape the Aina based culturally centered science and experiential learning opportunities in the Ahupua'a of Huanui in Kohala. Kehaolani tells us that the first time that she visited the Ahupua of Puanui in Kohala, she was amazed at what the ancestors had established there. She was also disappointed, she said, that she was only then learning about it. So as a result, when she was asked to join the project there, she immediately said yes. So today, Kehaolani does everything from booking visits to Puanui, to educating visitors there, to tending the gardens where uala or sweet potatoes, are grown. And ko, or sugarcane, serves as both a windbreak and water collector. Kehaulani is on a mission to get as many people as possible to know that the ancestors were fantastic farmers, and she adds that everyone is welcome to come to Puunui to learn and give back.
0: Mahalo, Andrew. E, With that, let's go over to Kehaulani now. Aloha, Ekehalo. I've heard so many wonderful things about you and the work that you guys are doing in Kohala. I haven't had the opportunity myself to go out to Puunui and Kokua, but hopefully, I will be able to see the beauty and the history for myself.
2: Mahalo.
1: <laughs> and it's been a, my pleasure to have known you Lani, for so many years. You've been a source of inspiration to my students, to the people I work with, and also to me. We have a marvelous time, every time at Puanui with you as we work in the mala and scale the handsome pool, Kehenna and together we contemplate the majestic landscape of ancestral work spread out below. And we also get our hands deep in the dirt, hilling up mounds and harvesting uala sweet potatoes, among other things. The last time we harvested uala, some of the finest were conveyed to Koho for the closing of Makahiki in 2020. It was a great honor indeed. And it solidified a really important connection for all of us. Um, I mahalo you for all of these contributions that you've made to the well-being and the and the increase of knowledge of my students.
2: Yeah, certainly a pleasure.
0: <laughs> yes, we're happy to have you here and looking forward to having you share Mo'olelo.
1: And um, Kehau, it's it's our understanding that you intend to share Mo'olelo of Waimea, um, which is an area that has a special relationship with Kohala. So sometimes it's seen as part of that moku, and sometimes it's seen as a separate land division. Um, would you mind just sharing with us a little bit about the that distinction that is made sometimes between Waimea and Kohala?
2: Um, well... Clearly, there is a difference, and I think the main thing that made the difference was that road. So, in times of old, we would travel around the coastlines, and um, in modern times, the roads now go through different areas, and this uh, particular road goes uh, between Kohala and Waimea, and the one that goes through Waimea is easily accessed, and... Keeping So it kind of cuts off Kohala. And uh, if you go to Kohala, you better have Kuliana to go to Kohala mm. because there's no like pass through. You're going up there, the road ends, and you got a ho'ima, you got to return mm-hmm. the same way. Um, unlike Waimea where the road passes through and you can go to Kona, Hilo, right through Waimea and um, not be cut off.
1: Mm. Okay, very Kaumanao.
2: interesting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> mahalo, mahalo. So we invite you to share maolalo, of okay. mea, whenever you're ready. Okay, really fantastic.
2: Uh, mahalo for having me, you guys. Uh, this is definitely a treat to be able to be this close with you guys and not enduring the 40 mile an hour gust winds <laughs> atop <laughs> Pu'u while I try to tell the story. Um, so the story that we like to tell while we sit atop the Pu'u um, called Pu'u in the Ahupua'a of Puanui is uh, oftentimes referred to as the Battle of Hoku'ula, Uh, Because this mo'olelo takes place atop a pu'u called Hoku'ula, more on the Waimea side. Um, But from a geography perspective, these pu'u make up the Kohala volcano and also make up the Kohala district. Okay, so when we look for pu'u Hoku'ula in Waimea, the the easiest place to see it is probably, I would say, from... Um oh the park in Waimea, Anuinui Nui Park. If you're in Anui Nui Park, you cannot miss Hokuula. Um it is one of the steeper pu'u. It's definitely I call it balahead <laughs> bear. <laughs> um except for this one patch of trees that's sort of to the left of the pu'u when you're looking at it from Anui Nui Park. There's a small patch of trees up there. Um that is Hokuula. Another way to find Hoku'ula, you can even go atop, um, almost, you can go to the slopes of Hoku'ula and then there's a gate um, right there that you need ac- uh, permission to access. But you can go up that hill and it's uh, right next to Merriman Restaurant. So if you're at Merriman's, uh, you turn right over there or left if you're coming from Kona, but you go up that, um, here, that road and that is, you're on Hoku'ula at that point.
1: And if you're on top of the Pu'u, what, mm-hmm. do, what do you see? Oh, you see Hoku so Uru.
2: much. I can see my house from Hoku'ula. <laughs> 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 um, you can see all of Waimea. You can see um, the rivers that run through Waimea. Um yeah, you can see the slopes of Mauna Kea and several other pu'u that are toward. Uh, so you'd be looking south from Hoku'ula and you would see Mauna Kea. You would see Holo Holo right in front of Mauna Kea. And then to your right, you would see Kona, lala, uh, Mauna Loa, and then Hualalai. Um, and then we can't see Hilo from Hoku'ula, but you can see a lot of Waimea. All right, this mo'olelo takes place atop Hokuula. Also, the story is called uh, the story of Pupukea. Kea, and another. I we use three versions to um, bring together this mo'olelo. Okay, so I will begin. <laughs> um, all right, let's say not. Let's say this is indeed occurring during the time of Lono Ika Makahiki, and he's the grandson of Umi Ali Loa. Um, this also happens to be the time of Makahiki, where we aren't engaging in war or um, heavy labor. Uh, we are engaging in many games and practicing our games and whatnot. Um, and as it turns out, the king of or the li'i of Maui, Kamalalavalu, invites Lono Ika Makahiki over for some fun during the Makahiki season. And Lono Ika Makahiki says, yes, I'll come over. So he goes over to Maui and um, they engage in all their games and whatnot. And um, Kamalalavalu, you know, they're talking story and it's a pow play and they're now having their Ava and they're relaxing. And each of their caretakers are preparing their menus, their meals for each Ali'i. So the caretaker for Kamalalavalu, the Ali'i of Maui, is Makakui Kalani, happens to be a brother of his too and a lower chief. Um, and the caretaker for Lono Ika Makahiki is Pupukea, also happens to be a brother of Lono Ikamakahiki Makahiki. So these two gentlemen, the caretakers are preparing the meals, and it appears that Pupukea is kind of lagging, he's falling behind schedule, if you will, and um, Makakui Kalani is being efficient and finishing up, and all of a sudden... Um, Lono Ika Makahiki sort of gives the eye to um, his caretaker, his brother, Pupukea, and then Pupukea speeds things up and he brings the meal current. So both the meal, the chiefs are having their meals at the same time. Well, Makakui Kalani notices this. He's like kind of impressed that Lono Ika Makahiki was behind the ball, but then now he's, you know, the meal is ready on time. And so he says to um, Lono Ika Makahiki, I'm sorry, Kamalalavalu says to Lono Ika Makahiki, eh, your caretaker, he's pretty efficient, yeah. That was amazing how he just made that more quick. And um, Lono Ika Makahiki says, "Yeah, yeah, he did good." And then there, uh, Lono Ika Makahiki and Makakui Kalani are hearing this conversation that their ali'i are having about them. You know, meanwhile, Makakui Kalani is like, "Hey, what? Mine was ready at the same time. What's up? You know, I'm good." And so he kind of took a little bit of offense to that, and a little bit of jealousy ensued as a result. Um, so they continue to eat their meals and whatnot, and the time for rest is over, and it's also time for Lono Ika Makahiki to Ho'i to return to um, Hawaii Island, and so he departs, uh, and he goes back to his business. Meanwhile, Kamala Lavalu, um, he goes to sleep that night, and then he wakes up the next day, and he wakes up with this strong desire— to take over Hawaii Island and to war against Lono Ikamakahiki. So Lono Ikamakahiki at that time was uh, the ali'i of Kohala, Kona, and Kau. And um, Kamalala Valu wanted to take over these areas. He didn't want to attack Hilo first because they are Ohana to him. So he, op- he opted for a strategic approach, which would entail taking over um, Kohala, Kona, and Kau. And so he uh, wakes up that morning with a strong desire to take over Hawaii Island via, through Lonoika Makahiki. And Lono Ika Makahiki um, is just minding his own business, not knowing of this desire of Kamala Lavalu's. And Kamala Valu goes to his uh, advisors and he says, hey, I have this strong desire to take over Hawaii Island. And, um, you know, they just listen to him and they're loyal to him. So they encourage him. And then um, he is a chief that knows the protocols of being a chief. So he goes to his advisor, uh, one of the main kahuna. He goes to Molokai and he visits Lani Kaula, and he asks Lani Kaula, "So if I go to Hawaii Island, will I be victorious?" And Lani Kaula, like many kupuna and elders and wise people, don't answer right away and kind of ignores Kamalala Valu. And then um, meanwhile, Kamala Lavalu is getting impatient. He wakes up every morning after he puts his head down for rest. He wakes up with this desire to take over Hawaii Island. So he goes back to Maui, puts together an entourage, and then he comes back to Moloka'i um, to ask one more time of Kaula. if I go to Hawaii Island, will I be victorious? And Kaula says, if you go to Hawaii Island, you're not coming back. Mm-hmm. And this just falls on deaf ears because that wasn't the answer that... Kamalala Valu was seeking, he was like, will I be victorious? And all he got was, if you go, you're not coming back. So he goes to Maui, back to Maui, and he puts together his entourage and he says, yes, we're going over to Hawaii Island. We're going to take over Hawaii Island. Before Kamalala Valu sends his entourage of warriors over to Hawaii Island, he first put together a little team, head by his youngest son, Kauhi Akama. So Kauhi, Kama has this kuleana of scouting Hawaii Island to see the how pop, populated the um, island of Hawaii is, and if the governance is fair, uh, and to determine that is whether the people were healthy and happy, and then to also check and see if the aino was fertile, if the land was fertile there. Um, so... Kauhiakama takes his assignment and his little hui and they go, they sail from Maui uh, to Kohala and then they sail down Kohala to Kona and all the way down to Kau and they come back to um, Kona and they're doing their observations and then they kind of reside in Kona a little bit longer. And at this point, we like to say, that's because everybody likes Kona. It's so malie over there and the fish is so abundant. There's plenty to eat and nice condition to rest in. And then um, the time is going by and he realizes, oh, I got to get back. I got to report to my dad, Kamalalavalu, the things that I'm seeing on Hawaii Island. And so he sails quickly up the coast again from Kona to Kohala and then on his way to Maui. As he's passing Kohala, he sees that the land is very fertile. And he's looking and he sees several homes. Um, but then when he sees, when he's looking for the people, he only sees a few people. And the few that he see, he sees, he describes them as old and weak, weaklings. Um, and he's that just gave him confidence, like, oh, okay, the land is Momona, um, the people aren't so great, so they're probably ready for new governance, and they're not very healthy, So, and there's not very many, you know, so he goes and he reports that to his dad. He goes, yeah, we sailed alongside the area, and the land of Kohala is really fertile, but there's hardly any people over there, and there's the people are scattered about in, on Hawaii Island, uh, from Kau to Kona. And... Um, Anyways, this excites Kamalalawalu, and uh, he gets the hui together, and he puts the call out, and now they're going to war against Hawaii Island. They go from Maui, crossing the Alinuihaha Channel. They land at Puako on the Kohala Coast, and they bump into this um, ali'i. His name is Kanaloa Kua'ana, and he, too, is another brother of Lonoika Makahiki's uh, lower chief. He's traveling, of course, with two kahuna. And they take him captive. Kamalalavalu takes him captive. Um, at that point, the two kahuna approach Kamalalavalu, and they say to Kamalalavalu, Hmm, so what is your business here? What do you want to do here? And he says, I am kamalalalavalu the ali'i of Maui. I'm here to take over Hawaii Island. And they say to him, Oh, oh, you should let us help you. We know this aina. And so Valu is taken by these kahuna, and they advise him. They say, you know, um, the best place to have this battle is atop this pu'u called Hoku'ula, where you can see everything and where all your needs will be met there. There's all those river-worn rocks that you Maui people like to create slings with. And there's lots of la'au up there, trees, so that you can make more weaponry if you need. And he's like, okay, that will be the battle place, uh, Hoku'ula. Um, and then the kahuna, they, they're proceeding to go up mauka from Puako to the hills in Waimea. And the kahuna turn around and they say, you know what? When Lono ikamakahiki's Makahiki's men are losing, they will flee Hoku'ula. And they will come down Hoku'ula to the plains of Waimea, to the shores over here in Puako, and they will get onto your canoes and they will leave. And they will go to your island. You should bust up all those canoes before we go up to Hoku'ula. And so they do. They bust up all the canoes, feeling confident that they're going to win this battle. They go up to Hoku'ula, and uh, Kamalalavalu sends out his messenger to Lono Ikamakahiki and to tell him, we are here to take over your island. Lono Ikamakahiki puts the word out to all the chiefs on, uh, on the entire island, and Kamalalavalu is sitting atop Hoku'ula. And he sees in every direction, when he looks, just clouds and clouds of dust rising and rising from the multitude of people arriving from all directions, coming to Hoku'ula. At that moment, Kamalalavalu Valu realizes he's outnumbered. And he says, he comes up with another idea to fight this battle, knowing that he didn't want to sacrifice all his men. He says, you know what? Why don't we just have Makakui Kalani, my caretaker, and Lonoika Makahiki's caretaker, Pupukea fight this out to determine who will be victorious over Hawaii Island. And so he sends a messenger out and he makes this pitch to Lonoika Makahiki. Lonoika Makahiki agrees. He sends his champion, his caretaker, Pupukea, to fight Makakui Kalani. They two engage in a battle and immediately Makakui Kalani is taken out by Pupukea. So this means Hawaii Island is victorious and not Maui. But it's not over. Makakui Kamalalavalu still has all his men on the pu'u. And he says, we are going against all the people on Hawaii Island now. Go into battle. So they battle. They fight. It was a bloody battle. Men were lost on both sides. And finally, the men from Maui are fleeing Hoku'ula, going down the Hawaii, across the Waimea Plains, heading down to Puokonkauai to get to the pieces of their va'a that are left, and some of them try to float away and swim toward a Maui. They don't make it. The only person that survives in this battle is Kauhiakama. Kauhiakama was assigned to scout the island to determine how much population was on Hawaii Island. He makes it back to Maui, and so he can tell his side of the story. And this story we tell atapu kehena because it too is like... Um, holo, or kalamai, hoku'ula in Waimea, um, a very high pu'u with no rivers running on it and no trees growing on it. Um, it's very bare. And we like to remind our listeners that if you are tasked with observing, then you should probably consider doing a good job and not maybe lollygagging along the way. But stay focused on your task. And the other lesson that we like uh, our listeners to remember from this version of the Mo'olelo is that when we ask Kahuna um, or experts, even and or Kupuna elders, like Kamalala Valu did when he asked Lani Kaula for advice, that we should probably heed that advice or let it sit with us a little bit longer so that we understand that advice and then act on that advice. Those are the two lessons we like our listeners to take away from this version of the Battle of Hoku'ula.
0: Mahalo. Mahalo. (laughs) Mahalo. Wow. Wow, Mahalo for that story. It seems that we have a little bit more time. And I'm wondering, Drew, do you have any questions?
1: Um, Well, I appreciate the lessons that you shared with us at the very end, and those are totally things that were on my mind too. Um, And I just, that story, and I've heard it before, and I mahalo you for sharing that story with my haumana in the past. Um, I'm so curious about why... Kamalala balu, just had this like i'ini, this like such this strong desire to invade Hawaii Island. And he was just so, in, you know, insistent every day he would wake up and want to invade. And <laughs> it's just an interesting thing for me to think about how, where that came from, you know, and of course, why he didn't listen to the advice of his, um, of Lanikola. But yeah, why do you think he oh. felt that oh. way?
2: Actually, the best resource for that is... Um, the story of Lono Ika Makahiki and the ruling chiefs chiefs of Hawaii. Um, there were a lot of things that led up during that time that I mentioned where they were playing uh, in games and then all of a sudden they were having Ava and just uh, sharing Ava um, and they were sort of talking story and whatnot. There was actually, um, besides, besides the fact that uh, Lono Ika Makahiki, um, his caretaker Pupukea was easily, you know, bringing the food current, bringing it ready, you know, quickly. Um, there was a little riddling battle, if you will, that um, Pupukea and Makakui Kalani engaged in. So I think that sort of fueled um, Kamala Valu's ego at that time, mm-hmm. too. And those details are shared in that version of the story that I told. Mm-hmm. Lots of detail.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> right on. And you know what? And that totally reminds me, too, of the the, the fairly tight relationship that um, Hawaii Island, especially Kohala and Um, Maui especially East Maui have had over time and would you mind sharing a little bit about
2: yeah well one thing that that I do that I've learned about Maui and Hawaii Island especially the east side and the north part of Hawaii Island is that there those two areas were the only areas out of the entire Hawaiian archipelago that held both a wetland and a dryland field system so food source Um, and Every, everywhere else, there was either the Ahupua either held a lo'i-type food source or dry land, you know, mala'o, um, dry gardening kinds of resources for food. Um, the idea, the fact that these two places had both uh, reminds us that having power over food uh, or the cultivation of food and the ability, the power to feed people um, empowers the ali'i. And this gives them more mana, more power, if you will. And it's ironic that the most ambitious chiefs came out of those two areas Mm -hmm. also. Um, And they both set their eyes when it was time to take over islands and other chiefdoms and whatnot. They set their eyes on uh, Kauai and Oahu for those lo'i in there. So they had similar goals in acquiring the um, power over food productivity Mm -hmm. for their people. Interesting. Something interesting that I
0: also... um, understood from your retelling of the story is how Kaohi Akama was sent by his father Kamala Lavalu, to scout, as you mentioned, the different areas and see if the people and the land were ripe for the taking. And due to Kaohi Akama's ano, he, you know, he he got stuck in Kona and enjoyed the scenery and stuff like that. But then as something interesting that I recall is that when he went through along the coast of Kohala and he said, oh, these people are just old people or it doesn't look like they're many people. I wonder where the rest of the people were.
2: Uh, well, from, this is why we like to tell this mo'olelo from atop Pu'u and, um And from that perspective, we can see um, two-thirds, uh, maybe, I'm sorry, one-third of the Kohala field system. And when we put it in perspective of how it would have looked at that time, it would have uh, all we would have seen was coal, as far as your eye can see. Looking south, uh, looking to the Kai, and um, even looking north, all you would have seen was coal. So when Uhiakamo was along the shoreline, not traveling into Kohala, just looking from the shoreline, he couldn't see what was going on. And this was the Makahiki season, so uh, there was a lot of gatherings going on more inland. Um, that would not you wouldn't be able to see unless you traveled inland. All you would have seen was the field system covered in coal.
0: And then he erroneously thought that there were nobody there to defend
2: those lands, and took that knowledge or what he thought was knowledge to his father. Aye, polole, um, yes, that's correct. And then um, what we remember to, or when we look at our olelo noeau collection, there are many olelo noeau exp- um, describing Kohala as very populous. You know, like having a great population. And yes, that was a mistake.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And a population of handsome people too, I think, right?
2: (laughs) Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, Very true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, my grandfather is from there, so I will agree.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I... Just one last thing. I, I find it really interesting that Puoko was the landing and departure site for the, the folks from Maui. Um, and, you know, for some reason I might think, oh, why not Ko'i Hi or something like that? But Puoko seems like it has a prominent place in this Mo'olelo.
2: Yes, it's also mentioned um, that that is where Kamalaluvalu, the chief of Maui, was found dead. Um, and so he never did make it back to Maui, just as Lani Kaula had mentioned, or not mentioned, he said to... Um, Kamalala if you go to Hawaii Island, you're not coming back. And that indeed is what happened. Uh, Kamalala Valu was found dead on the slopes of Puako. And uh, he's buried in one of the heiau um, down in the Keoho area next to Hapayali'i, along with his two dogs. Mm. Mahalo. Well, Mahalo
0: Nui for sharing about this, these important places and all of these names that you mentioned. That you, there's so much information here for our listeners and for sharing where they can take a look at the Mo'olelo and the, the different versions and, and reminding us that it's
2: a version, not the version. Um, yeah, so mahalo. Yeah, certainly a pleasure to be here. And thank you for being an audience, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it's lots of fun for us. And we appreciate um, visiting with you again and hearing about these special places of Oimea and Kohala. So mahalo, Nui.
2: Yeah. Happy.
0: <laughs> mahalo. How interesting to learn about the relationship between the islands of Maui and Hawaii and how the histories of both are intertwined. We learn names of several li today as well as those surrounding them who had important roles and also about how geography plays a role in shaping society. The mo'olelo of hoku'ula lives until today and continues to teach us. The moku of Kohala has a richness of people and place that brings pride to those who are kupa o
1: Mahalo again everyone for lending your ears to this episode of Kaleo Kauluau and to our special guest Kehaulani Marshall. Feel free to visit the website ulumaupuanui.org if you're interested in being involved in the Malama Aina and learning activities that take place there in the uplands of Kohala with Kehaulani. And remember, our podcast episodes drop every half month on the 1st and the 15th for the rest of 2021, found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and our blog at hilo.hawaii.edu slash blog slash Kaleo Kauluau, where you can also find our story maps.
0: And be sure to check out our Facebook and Instagram for more, such as the Inoa Matters.
1: And as always, Lei, it's been great to be here with you today. Mahalo Nui.
0: Mahalo to you, Drew, and a big Mahalo to our listeners. Ahui Ho. Hu.
1: Aloha.